Hey everyone, it's Vicky Guerrero, and welcome to season four of the Excuse Me podcast. I am internally grateful to my incredible fans who support me on a daily basis. I appreciate all your feedback, your comments, your guest ideas, and just for spreading the word to all your family and friends. I also want to show a great deal of appreciation to my social media staff, Michael and Sandra. Both of you are blessings, and I thank you so much for the endless projects that you keep me on track with, and I am so appreciative of both of you. And guys, it is time. It is time to listen to our guest of the week. So grab a snack, get a beverage, and snuggle with your loved one, get comfortable. And if you're by yourself, that's okay too. And let's get ready to hear this week's episode. See you on the other side. Um, this morning we're talking to Renee Paquette, who is just a dear friend of mine and such an inspirational wife, mother, colleague, um, superstar in her own right. And Renee, thank you for being on the show today. Yes, of course. Anything for you. <laughs> you look fabulous for uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. Thanks. Listen, today was wash my hair day. Um, just, you know, wash your hair, slap on a little highlighter and some concealer and call it a day. Hey, that, that works for me. I got up and even showered for you. So I'm really, I think of you quite uh, high standards. <laughs> yes. No, we set the bar. We set the bar. It's not every day that I wash my hair. So here we are. So uh, for the audience who maybe not be familiar with Renee, uh, you are John Moxie's wife. Uh, you are Nora's mom, which she's just adorable. <laughs> and you're in your own legacy in itself with being a sports broadcaster. Um I'm just so impressed how you have made your legacy all by yourself in this man's world of professional wrestling. Tell us how your journey has been. God, it's been like, it's been a really fun journey. And, you know, as much as like, I feel like I have been con like cognizant of the fact that I am a woman in this world and like kind of trying to break down barriers where I can and do like the best job that I can do and always just like, really trying to be the best person for the job, male or female. That's really what's always been in my mind. Um, but yeah, you know, I've, I've been so lucky through my career and obviously there's hard work involved in that. And it's like preparation meets opportunity come together to, uh, to have some success. And that's something that I feel like has really been kind of the essence of my career. I mean, from my time in WWE to the opportunity that I now have at AEW, um, yeah, it's just been great. I've never really felt like necessarily just like the woman in like the workplace kind of feel, but I, I kind of give a testament of that to um, all of the great men that I've been around as well that have really kind of, uh, you know, put me in a spot to succeed as well. But, you know, something that's really um, always stood out in my, in my vision of you is that, you know, years ago, all we saw was male broadcasters, you know, behind yeah. the scenes and behind the camera. And, you know, and to see uh, and see how you started in WWE, it must have been pressure. I mean, like for me as a superstar coming in as Eddie's wife, you know, they're probably, oh, yeah, she's going to last like three or four months and then they'll kick her out, you know. <laughs> but for you, you have such a prominent role. Like, your job is really important to communicate what's going on backstage, on stage, whatever, even if before, you know, like a pre, a pre-show, you know, interview, you're the, the mecca, so to speak, of connecting the fans that are, you know, in TV land to what's going on, you know, with you and the superstar next to you. 
I mean, it must have been quite a, a lot of pressure to have on you to prove yourself. It's, I think it's more so like, I love what I get to do. And I not, not that I don't think about it. I do. I think a lot about what I do and trying to do like the best to my ability, but I also just get to have fun doing what I do. Um, so yeah, you know, it's funny. I feel like there's so much stuff of like bringing stories forward and my big thing I find, especially when I'm doing interviews, it's one thing if I'm hosting a, a different show, hosting a kickoff show or a post show or, or whatever, that's more so like broadcastery. When I'm doing interviews, that's my role to like make the superstar and the wrestler feel as comfortable as possible. And that's something that I, I definitely like take into consideration of like, making someone feel like I have their back. And if someone stumbles on a line or whatever, if I need to give them a follow-up question, just in case, if we've got time to fill, um, if I'm trying to keep them on track and kind of steer them in direction of what we know the story is going to be, because sometimes that happens. Like there would be times it's like, I would think if there was somebody that I was like going in to do uh, a promo with, if it was in ring, if it was a live backstage and they've got like a two page promo and I'm like, there's a chance that they could get off track and forget where they are. So I would try to learn their promo as much as I could in wow. case I needed to give like a follow-up question to get them back on track for what they needed to get out. So yeah, it's uh it's thinking on the spot and being prepared and like just letting the person know that I can kind of be there as like a safety net. That's 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 pretty impressive, you know, because uh what was your background, you know, getting in? I know you did some sports broadcasting before in Canada. Um, was this always your dream job of, of interviewing, you know, people and being in the sports industry? Or did you have other plans and this just kind of fell into place? Yeah, this just kind of happened. Um, it's really funny. I feel like when you hear people say that, it's like, oh, I just sort of fell into this thing. And it's like, okay, come on. <laughs> but uh, again, going back to that, like preparation meets opportunity. Like, no, I didn't ever think that I wanted to like fully work in sports or that I wanted, even especially now, like in my time of having like left WWE to doing my own podcast. And I think really being able to carve out like a bit of a little like niche for myself as an interviewer. Cause I, I always say like in WWE, I was like playing an interviewer. I wasn't really interviewing people. I was reading a script, same as everybody else. But now I get to actually interview people and I am coming up with these questions and I am being like thoughtful in the way that I'm setting somebody up for whatever story we're trying to tell. Um, but, but anyways, no, I really didn't know that that's where I was going to wind up. Like I wanted to be an actress. I, that's like the big thing that I really wanted to do early, early on uh, when I like left high school and was trying to figure out like what my career was going to look like, what my future was going to look like. That's what I just kept thinking about. Um, but I've always been like a very ambitious person that like, I like to work. I like to do things. I like to be very active. So the process of like waiting for auditions to come to me and then having callbacks or not having callbacks and not booking a gig and all of those things that, that come, uh, from, from that process of auditioning just wore me thin really quickly where I was like, I feel like I'm wasting time. Oh my God. I can't be wasting this time. What else can I do? How can I be proactive about my own career? And that's when hosting kind of came to the surface. I found this like online um, casting site. So I, I went on there and they were looking for like a host for this small show that nobody ever saw. 
um, thank God. But that was like the place that I could start. Like I could just start and figure out what I was doing. I was like producing my own content, which I had no idea how to even do that. I was just kind of figuring it out. But really, honestly, like one thing led to another, led to another that because I had like a little bit of a background and doing like some improv comedy stuff, the sports network that I ended up working for in Toronto, they did comedic style interviews. That's why I was like, oh, I could work there. I could do that. Um, so then I, I did end up working there and doing that, but then they had the broadcast rights to WWE and they asked me to host a post show for Monday night raw. And I was like, okay, great. Like I had watched wrestling growing up. Um, I was definitely like out of the loop for a little while as life takes you in other paths and whatnot. So yeah, when I like resubmerged myself back in the world of pro wrestling, that's when things really kind of like took off for me. And then of course I ended up working for WWE and now I work for all of the wrestling. Yeah, you know, you debate, you debuted on October 12th in Toronto, and the reaction that you received from the audience was incredible. I mean, I, I was kind of in the gorilla area because I was so excited for you because it was like <laughs> old times. I told you, this is like old yeah. times again. I know. You know, and, and yeah, and to see the people respond so warm to you, I mean, it's just. It's just pretty, imp I, I say impressive, but I'm, when I when someone gets a reaction in the audience, it's pretty big. So to see how people welcomed you back and, you know, into another promotion, how was that? How was that for you? Oh my God. I just got like, kind of like goosebumps and like a goofy smile on my face thinking back to that <laughs> because I really didn't know how that was going to go. I wasn't sure. Not that I was like, oh, people aren't going to know who I am. Like, you know, I, I would hope for the best that'd be like, oh, hopefully at least put my name up on the Tron so that they like know who I am for sure. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but then like, but then it was also like, I feel like wrestling fans are in kind of like a very funny fickle spot right now where there's like this tribalism between WWE and AEW. And I was like, oh, how's that reaction going to be? Are people going to be weird about that? Um, but no, I just, I couldn't believe the reaction that I got. It's so funny. Like before I went out and I was like really nervous all day. Cause I just, I didn't know exactly what I was going to be doing on the show. So I couldn't picture it. I couldn't like walk through it in my head of this is what I'm going to do and blah, 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 blah. Once I found out what I was doing and like opening the show in Toronto, I was like, okay, I know how to do that. I've done it a million times. Not a problem. Um, but yeah, it was like right before I walked out and it's like, I've never walked through the tunnels to get out to the stage with AEW. I've stood on the other side of the ramp, like while I'm there with John and having Nora there and whatever, but I've just like not gone through those motions before. And then John shows up and he's like in gorilla position as well. And he is kind of bobbing back and forth and he's like hyping me up and getting me ready for it, which in turn actually oh. made me more nervous. I was like, oh my God, now you're you like, leave you. <laughs> he is like, John, I mean, John's John. He is like the ultimate pro. He is the, the champion of the entire company. Like if anybody knows how to just walk out there and make something out of your time in front of the camera, it's that guy. So when he's standing there kind of hyping me up and I'm like, oh God, don't, don't let the family down. <laughs> Go out there and do something good. Uh, but no, it was, it was just so cool. Like it just felt, it felt right. I feel like in my time, away from WWE, um, creating my own podcast, creating a human being and doing all these things in the last two years, I feel like I've really been kind of like putting my own puzzle together. And it's like, I just had one other piece that I was waiting to like click right into place. And I feel like that's what happened once I, uh, once I signed with the uh, AEW. Gosh, you know, there's so many things I want to talk to you about. 
So what was the conversation, you know, with Tony Khan like? Because was it like you just, I mean, we saw you quite often backstage, you know, with John. Or did Tony Khan come and say, hey, you know, you want a job? Or did you say, hey, I like to work here? I mean, how was that conversation? It was kind of more of the latter, honestly. And it's, it's actually, it's pretty funny because I had been talking to WWE that had gotten like leaked out before I debuted with with AEW. Um, so I had been having some conversations with WWE just about, you know, all the things that they have going on over there and, and whatever. But the, the more I was thinking about it and kind of figuring out like what that looks like and what the future looks like. I was like, no, like I want to be an AEW. Like I want to be a part of this company that is growing and developing. I really want to help. I want to help lend like whatever knowledge I have in this space to helping to make things good. And I want to do a good job. I want to be on the road with my husband, obviously, like that makes life a whole lot easier. Um, so yeah, it was, it was more so that, and it was, it was more conversations John and I were having. That's um, important. It is important. It is, I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to your spouse. Maybe let's have a conversation because it's really, that really was one of those like first real big moments of like, Oh, we have to make a decision as like a family, you know, it's not, I can't, not that I can't just go do what I want. I mean, if that was what I decided to do, it would have been fine. But like you have like family conversations about what makes the most sense for everybody. And there was just like that, like sparkle in my eye. Like I just, I love the way I, and even like my time now of actually having spent in AEW and being able to work there. Like I love being able to like collaborate with people. I love doing like those backstage segments, talking to Sanjay, um, just like talking to like the different talent and, you know, talking to Don Callis, figuring out like what those segments yeah. look like. It's fun. It is fun trying to like figure out what those are rather than just like being handed a piece of paper and, and go and do that. That's fine too. I enjoyed that for many years, but it's fun being able to do it this way. I mean, you know, it, because what, what took you out of WWE? Was it because you, and we're going to talk about your other projects as well, but was it that you're just ready to just kind of be home and, and nest the house or was it that you just wanted a break? And then, you know, of course, you know, Nora came along in your, in your cookbook, you know, and of course you get to spend more time with John being home. Was it, were you ready to leave? And, and what was that decision like? It was really just that I was ready to go, you know, like I had really done so much there. I did everything that I possibly could do. Um, from obviously doing backstage interviews to hosting kickoff shows, to being a commentator, to being able to call WrestleMania, to like all of these great, great things that I was able to do that I just sort of felt like it was time to move on and do something else. And, you know, you and I had kind of spoken about this before when you did my show too, where it's like, you kind of go through the motions and then all of a sudden it just feels like you're kind of like swimming upstream a little bit too yeah. much. Like that's how I started to feel. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like I just wasn't on necessarily the same page as everybody else as well. Like, what am I doing? What's my role here? Um, doing the sh show with Fox and that got canceled because COVID hit. We were one of the first, we were like the newest show that they had at Fox. So we had to get next. Um, and that was kind of like the nail in the coffin for me, where it was like, I loved doing that. It was an awesome opportunity, but me not having that show and trying to figure out like, how do I fit in here still? What am I going to do? That's, that's really where it hit. And then also adding COVID into the mix and everything slowed down. And that's when it slowed down and I was home more. And it kind of let me like reevaluate, like, what are we trying to do here? 
the ride slowed down because you know how it is. It's like you're on the road, you're going, you're going, you're going. It's this pay-per-view, it's this TV, blah, blah, blah. Like there's never a time to just leave, really. So when I saw that exit, I was like, you know what? I'm, I am going to take this. I'm going to hop off this ride for a minute um, and figure out what's next, which was like a really weird time to do it because COVID was happening. Like, it's not like networks were hiring people. They weren't looking like people were getting fired left, right, and center. So I wasn't in a position that like I was being brought in or even having meetings with other networks. Um, so I started doing my podcast and honestly, I found out I was pregnant the month after I left WWE. So it was like, so serendipitous. It was crazy. Yeah. You know, and especially COVID hitting the wrestling industry was something unheard of. I mean, yes. I've been involved with it for the last 30 years and you just mm-hmm. who would have ever thought that things would actually shut down and you know in the wrestling world you know yeah. and i think that was a big eye-opener that we did need to have backup plans and there needed yeah. to be you know this plan b and um you know and i just finished getting my degree you know and um so it was just like an eye-opener i think all across the board because mm-hmm. everyone was like well gosh you know if we never go back into wrestling or there's no tv shows or you know no one's gonna want to get together anymore and work closely you yeah. have to kind of like it opened up a lot of eyes for me especially it was it was financially it was you know education wise it was do you have yeah. a trade you know and and the girls at aw were calling me saying you know what do i do now i know, you know it like, was really what, scary yeah it was I mean, that's like know? so such an understatement of course it was scary but it was like scary because like everyone's like nervous like health wise where they were at what the future was holding but yeah it was like really what does the future look like what does my job look like financially? Where do I stand? I can't even go buy fucking toilet paper. So like, <laughs> or Lysol, you couldn't even buy Lysol. Like couldn't buy anything. Oh my God. Yeah. It was, it was really such an eye opener and that's what it was for me. It was like, it was the eye opener aspect of it to feeling like, you know what? I kind of turned over every stone here that I can see. I'm going to take a little step back and like reevaluate and, and see where I end up. And that just, it was the thing that made the most sense to me at the time. And, and you really can't argue with the schedule AEW because they're very, um, so compassionate and, you know, we need to fly home between two shows or we just work sometimes one day a week, you know, or if yeah. there's a pay-per-view, you know, then we have like, you know, two or three shows in the week, but the schedule at AEW is quite fun and relaxing compared to where we were at WWE yeah. because, you know, we'd be on the road maybe six, seven days straight, you know, because of the way the, the shows were lined up But at AEW, it's got, I love it because there's so much flexibility, you know, to plan a trip with your family yeah. or if you're actually sick, you can actually be home and not, <laughs> and not go to work and say, look, I'm throwing up. Here's my vomit. I know. Oh my God. It really is like, I've only been back on the road for like a month and a half, something like that. But like, I don't even really feel like, oh, I'm back on the road because I'm so in and out. It's so easy. I don't, it's, I actually feel like going on the road to do AEW is like kind of the easiest part of my week. To get on the plane, I get to like, you know, go through hair and makeup, put on an outfit, get to work and do the thing that I know how to do kind of in my sleep. Um, it's, it's such a, it's a total treat. It's great. I mean, aside from being away from my baby, which is like stressful, but, um, but she's all right. I mean, it's 24 hours. So she, yeah, it's, it's, it's all good all around. That's amazing. So, uh, during COVID, I was watching you during your, uh, cooking live shows and you were just adorable (laughs) because you were just like, 
you know, in the kitchen, over here to the left, move over to the right, you know, just being yourself. Um, and, and with that, you released your cookbook. How is that um, working out for you? And, and how, how are the cells with that? Because it's called um, um, Messy in the Kitchen, My Guide to Eating Deliciously. That's so, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I love to eat. I love food. My day revolves around food as I feel like most of us do. Um, it was just Amen. something that I really, yeah. Right. Give me all that food. Um, my Instacart order actually just got here a minute ago. Um, but, uh, <laughs> no, I just, I, I, I love cooking. I love cookbooks. I love everything to do with that. I love being in the kitchen. I love spending my time kind of like pouring over a meal, like standing over the stove, stirring something, letting something kind of simmer for a while. Like that is my heaven. That's really like a way for, for me to just decompress. So the more I kept kind of thinking about it, it I think it just like, it was always in the back of my mind that I wanted to write a cookbook. I just didn't know how to pull that off, what it was going to look like, everything uh, that is entailed with doing a cookbook. It was pretty crazy too, because I had written maybe like a quarter of what I wanted to do while I was really trying to like make my pitch. Like I was just like on social media being like, I want to write a cookbook. I want to write a cookbook, hoping that somebody would like maybe take the bait and let me do it. Lo and behold, that did actually happen. Um, So when they got back to me and the publishers and everything, they're like, cool, we need the manuscript in like three months. And I was like, oh God. And I had to do 60 to 70 recipes. Oh God. So I'm like- Photos probably, right? Photos in- Well, that, so that came afterwards. So I had to like write the book with like the 60, 70 recipes of like, there's there's breakfast, there's sandwiches, there's mains, there's sides. um, And then there's cocktails at the back. I don't think I'm forgetting anything. Um, So it was trying to like, figure out what goes where, uh, how to plug those in, writing the little blurb. I actually loved the writing aspect of it. I loved writing the little blurbs. I felt like it was like fully encapsulated my personality. Um, but yeah, so you finish that, you hand in the manuscript, they give you the edits, you, you go back and forth, whatever, but then it comes down time to actually shoot the cookbook. I have never done so much work in my life as I did in those like four days of shooting the stuff because like you obviously have to cook everything and we didn't shoot every dish I think we did like every other dish got a photo something like that that's a lot of cooking oh my god it is so much cooking it's so much preparation like I didn't even have room in my fridge to prep everything like I was sending John out to the grocery store and like thank god he actually like Kudos to him. He really brought back just about everything I asked for, even if it was like weird ingredients. I was like, look at you go and bring me back these manila clams that I needed. Thank you. Wow. Um, <laughs> and, and, and who ate all the food when you were shooting all these days? Well, we had like a little crew. So it was like me. Um, you, you remember Leslie from makeup? She uh-huh. helped me with stuff. She was doing some makeup for me, but then also just like helping me like prep everything. We had the photographer. Then there was a food stylist, which like, thank God we had the food stylist there. It was funny when I, we hired the photographer and she was like, do you want a food stylist? And I was like, I, I, I thought about it for a second. I was like, I feel like I can do that. And then I was like, no, we should probably bring someone in. Thank and God. What, if we didn't bring her in, we wouldn't have got it done. And what does that job entail? So that job entails like making sure everything looks good from like, the backdrop that it shot on, like she, she literally showed up to my house with like tons of different dishes, tablecloths, napkins, cutlery. Um, and then like actual, just like 
um, almost like floor samples. So they use those to shoot on so that you have different backgrounds for all the stuff. Like I would have never thought about that. So thank Way God. Over my head. Thank God this, her name's Jackie Soban. She was amazing. She like, she saved the day. Gosh, my family dinners was like really boring without the floor tiles. and the different. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I literally like, I finished doing that. I was like, I think I need to not cook for like a month. It was just like so spent, so stressed out. It's like trying to cook everything that like needs to be cooked in advance and what needs to go in the oven at what time. And we need the top to look bubbly and, and we need this like crusty top to like letting a dough rise. It was insane. And so where can the fans find your cookbook at? Is it online or is it in stores? It's on Amazon. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. It's at Barnes and Noble. Um, I don't, I've, I've seen it in, I've seen people have sent me photos of seeing it in stores. I have not seen it. Um, but yeah, somebody sent me a picture and it was like next to Reese Witherspoon's book. And I've never been so excited in my life. Um, nice. That's even just seeing, I know, right. Help me out, Reese. Come on. Jeez. <laughs> Throw me a bone. Um, but, uh, yeah, if just being able to see the book for the first time, like I'm so proud of that book and I love that book and it was so much work and something it's, it, you ever like do something and then you look back at you're like, how, how did I pull that off? How did I do that? That's how I feel about the cookbook. Like, I don't know how I even managed to do that, but you do what you got to do, right? That's amazing. Are you, are you working on another one or is that it for cookbooks? That's it for now. Um, I know it's so funny when I was like pregnant with Nora, everyone's like, oh, she's going to write like a baby cookbook. And no, my kid just like, she likes mac and cheese. That's <laughs> the main thing that she loves. <laughs> and even now, like I, not that I, I'm, I'm kind of getting like back in the swing of cooking now. But it's like after you have a baby, you're like kind of eating to survive while also trying to like nourish your body as much as possible. So it wasn't like I wasn't cooking anything fun. It's all just like chicken and broccoli. No one needs to see that. It's boring. <laughs> I, mean, I need all the help I can get. I mean, <laughs> I mean, to cook, I have to have time and I, I have to be home to cook. How's that? I mean, because yes, that's difficult. I mean, I, I have meal preps that come in my house and I love it because just pop it in the microwave and hey honey there's dinner you know I mean it's easy because it's really hard to make it a good course meal you know and especially when you cook a big meal and you're only home for two days and I just did that the other day I made this like um this southwest chicken casserole thing which I was like I keep I, I'm always trying to think of different things to like <laughs> I said this to John the other day I was like I need you to know that I'm like specifically trying to manipulate our daughter's palate so that she wants to go out to nice dinners with me later because John's not a foodie <laughs> at all John doesn't give a shit about food. He wants like, he wants, he literally would just eat like lunch meat and like a tortilla shell and be totally happy. Um, nice. We're like, yeah, it's fine. But like, I I want all of the different, I want to have Indian food. I want to have Thai food. I want to like, I want to have everything. So yeah, I'm constantly trying to like think of new things that I can make for Nora that, that she might like and introduce her to some different flavors. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I read something about you that your dad used to be a, a concert promoter. Is that correct? Yeah, he and still so, is. Really? So yeah. I mean, you, you, so you probably had a lot of good seats at concerts, correct? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got very snobby with going to concerts from like a young age because we would always stand side stage which uh, was wow. great. Or we, or we would have great. Yeah. We would have great seats. Yeah. I got very, very spoiled 
um, very early on, but it, you know, it was, it was really like, that was me dipping my toe into the entertainment world. Anytime I was with my dad, we would be at either someone's rehearsal space as they were like setting up all the gear and having someone, you know, go over their set, all that stuff. Um, to, uh, to, yeah, my, uh, just like being on the, not, we wouldn't like travel on the road with my dad, uh, really ever, but just, yeah, being around like the, the music industry and seeing what he would do, what those long days are like, um, just being a kid sitting on a road case and like looking for a, a dolly backstage to roll around on. Um, I think there's something about that, that like being around the wrestling world now, as soon as I was like backstage for the first time, I was like, oh, this feels like this is very familiar to me of just like the road cases everywhere, the chaos, everyone's got, there's like a million people with all these different jobs and whatnot. Um, so that was definitely like my, my first little dip of my toe into what the future was going to hold for me. Wow. Okay. So let's talk about your podcast, which is oral sessions with Renee Paquette. Um, at first I thought this name was like, well, sessions. I'm like, Ooh, really good. Ooh, what are we talking about? <laughs> She's a little feisty one, isn't she? <laughs> How long have you been doing your podcast and, um, and where can people find that? I've been doing my podcast for like two years, actually. I think I started it right around Thanksgiving two years ago, if that makes that lines up. I think that's true. Um, yeah, I love doing this show. I love talking to people. I love like, I always say it's cause I'm like nosy. I love just knowing about people. I love knowing like what makes people tick and, what, you know, what makes someone unique. I, I, I love having those conversations. Um, but yeah, you can get my podcast really anywhere that you listen to podcasts, whether it's on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, uh, wherever it may be. Um, and we drop new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Wow. How, I mean, with me having my own show, you know, I do it all by myself because I was having people like help me out. And then when they wouldn't do something I like, or it wasn't on schedule, I would get so pissed off. I'm like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I, only way I can get mad is myself because I, I'm entrusting these people to get things done for me. Yeah. I mean, where do you find the time, Renee? Because now I'm being like, like this, you know, a little, little bit more, you know, smaller know. because you're just multitasking and you're like the, you're like the queen of it now. I mean, just <laughs> you, all your shit together and like being able to like have everything organized two days in a, in a week. That's, that sounds insane to me. Well, to preface this, I sometimes do feel like my head's going to fall off and I'm like, why am I, why do I have 14 jobs? What's happening? Um, but yeah, I, I really feel like I, in the last, I knew once I signed to AEW, I was like, I need to just be gracious with myself for a month as I figure out what my schedule looks like, where I need to be, whatever I'm doing. Um, and I also, I have a, a, an interview segment that I do with the Cincinnati Bengals as well. Luckily we shoot that like every other week. Um, so that gives me a little bit of a buffer, but yeah, it's just, it's trying to like, when I first started doing the podcast, I was very much so like, yeah, let me know when you're free and we'll figure it out. And I was just kind of all over the place, which also doing that with a newborn baby, ugh, Jesus. Um, so now I'm like, no, I either shoot on Mondays or I shoot on Fridays. I tried to do two interviews back to back on one day just so that I can knock it out in one day. Cause I need to like, I need to have free days where like I'm just with Nora we're just hanging out so yeah I, I really try to like streamline everything to cram as much into like a work day as possible so that I can have like a little bit more of a free day here and there just so I can exist and breathe and 
Yeah. I mean, even just when you're like, I mean, you know, it's like you start doing a podcast and it's like booking a guest, prepping for the interview, doing all of these things. It's like, it's not the hour that you listen to or the 45 minutes that you listen to. It's all the work that goes into it leading up to that. Um, but I do feel like I've gotten in like a really good groove, um, interview wise as well, in terms of like what my prep is, I always look over stuff and I make sure I'm like, you know, up to speed on what everyone's up to, but I just love having the conversation. So I, you know, I feel like once you kind of get going, it's you're, you're off to the races. I think if you, I I always try to be formal and, you know, like have everything like in order not, I just kind of learned that if you just kind of go with it and just kind of see what the mood your guest is in yeah. and you just kind of like talk, I think it goes off more because I was like, okay, I have this and then I have this question and it never works out that way. Never um, does. It always no. goes so like, no, um, <laughs> you know, you talk about your, you know, being present and having some free time. What is your life like with John Moxley? Because let me tell you, half the girls in the locker room think he's terrifying and I have known John for a long time so you know I was walking with some girls I'm like I say their names but I was like hey John how's it going and they're like you talk to him I was just like yeah I mean you should say good morning or hi to whoever you're working with that would be a good start to be ethically you know correct and you know he's just you know he's very you know, he just kind of in this, you know, he kind of walks down the hallway and there's nothing else that exists. And mm-hmm. I, I guess I've known him for so long that it's just John, you know, here comes John, you know, but what is life like um, at home? Because, you know, what is your home life like? Because I, I just want to get a glimpse of what that's like. <laughs> you're so open and carefree and here's John, just, you know, you know, tunnel face. <laughs> it's so funny because like, yeah. I mean, nine times out of 10, when someone meets John, they're like, does he not like me? Oh my God. And I'm like, and then I'll tell him this. And he's like, what, what are you talking about? I'm like, you'd have no idea how you come across sometimes because he is like, especially at work, he is like tunnel vision. Like even now it's like, he's got like his own room and whatever. And I'm like, I go and hang in the women's locker room because I know what he's like at work. Like when him and I first started dating, when we were both at WWE, there'd be times that like I'd pass him in the hallway. I'm like, did he just not even see me? What just happened? But he becomes so focused on what he's doing. And he's like such a pro at what he does that like, I, I honestly, like I become a little bit envious of the way that he operates sometimes because he harnesses all of his energy throughout the day for the thing that he has to go do. I bullshit all day with everybody. I dole out energy here and here and here. And I'm like social butterfly by the end of the day. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm exhausted. I can't talk to anyone anymore. I have, I have nothing else to offer. I'm like completely depleted of any energy where he will like, he does not just give out energy all day to everybody. He really reserves it for when he needs it. And then he goes out and he does his thing and that's that. Um, but, you know, obviously it's, it's different when we're at home. Um, yeah, it's, it, <laughs> it's just so normal when we're at home of like, I need you to take out the trash and Hey, come help me do this thing. And what do you, you know, I put up these Christmas decorations. What do you think of this? What like, last night we were watching a uh, new Yellowstone uh, season. Five it came too. Out. Yes. Oh, yes. Love Rip. Love so, Rip. Oh, Rip is like, what a hunk that guy is. What a good I, man. I love Beth. Like she just me too. motivates me to go. Oh yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> Not for all the tea in China, pencil dick. 
<laughs> She's just amazing. I love Beth. But yeah, I mean, that's what life is like at home for us is like we've got shows that we like to watch and we like we, once a baby goes to bed, you know, maybe he'll go for a run or he goes to the gym or whatever. But yeah, once it's like just him and I and we get to put on our show, we get to hang out, we're hanging out with our dogs. Like it's we're very simple like home bodies. We don't, we don't really go out and do too, too much. Um, which I'm kind of kicking myself for a little bit now, because now that we live in Cincinnati, we've been here a year now. Um, there's so many awesome restaurants here and I'm like, we need to start going out and and going to these. So I'm going to be barking up this tree a little bit to, to go out to some more dinners here and there. But yeah, normally we're just like, we're really low key. Uh, how, how's the experience when I started working with WWE, I had to get a nanny. And I, you know, I, I think I said, in, I told you in your, in your show that I probably went through 12 nannies in, gosh, four years, mm-hmm. which was incredibly scary to me because you're entrusting this stranger who, you know, you can do a background check. You can, you know, call the agency. You can like, you know, make sure that they're good. But I still had some weirdos that were in my yeah. house that I had to clean house. And, you know, Shaw would call me and be like, no, mom, this, she ain't going to work out. Like, <laughs> this is not going to do, you know, so. I mean, from mom to mom, how is that entrusting someone to come in and take care of Nora? Because it's it was terrifying to me. So we're very lucky that our nanny is actually a really close family friend. Oh, um, so easy. that has made life astronomically easier. But prior to that, we did have one other nanny that came in. So, you know, we were really just trying to like figure it out where it's like I was so busy even like prior to now with adding AW into the mix and John's super busy, he's doing his thing. And I was like, I need some help. Like we need to have a nanny so that I can have days where I'm fully recording. And it's not all just landing on John's plate. We could kind of like spread it, spread it out a little bit. So we went on like one of those, like care.com or whatever. Um, and we're looking at nannies there. And I just like, I didn't know where to start. I didn't know what to look for. Cause I, I didn't know what we wanted. Like I had talked to like a few other moms and they're like, they were saying stuff that I hadn't even thought about of like, what's the kind of stuff they're going to teach your kid during the day. What are their morals and values? Is it somebody that's religious? Is it like all of these different things? I was like, Oh my God, I didn't even think of any of that stuff. I just wanted someone who's going to be like nice to my kid and keep her entertained for a little bit. She's only a year and a half. And at that time she was like, you know, just a year. So she wasn't doing too much of anything. But, um, but yeah, so anyways, the, the nanny that we ended up getting, and we knew that it was a short term thing. Cause she had to go to school, um, for the coming year, she was moving out to Chicago. Um, so I was like, you know what, let's work with her that way. We can, we know that it's going to come to an end at some point, but now we can just like dip our toe, see what we like in a nanny, what works, what doesn't work. And she was awesome. Like she was really, really great. I was sad to see her go. She was only with us like a month and a half, but it was like a really great way for me to just kind of like figure out how that works. But I was also home essentially the whole whole time because anytime I'd be working, I just have to come upstairs and shoot and record stuff. I wouldn't, I would not have felt the same about going on the road. I don't think. Now being able to have, like, knowing that it's a family friend that's here, John's mom's in town, his dad's not very far, he's got tons of family here, Um, so it's really nice to have those other helping hands in case we were ever in a pinch or we ever needed something. My mom's not even too, too far, at least just, like, you know, a really quick flight away. So, yeah, we're really lucky in terms of, like, extra helping hands that we have around us right now because it is so stressful. Oh, my God. 
And, and you know that if you brought Nora to AEW, you have a bunch of aunties that could take her in the locker room and oh, play with her. Well, that's happening this week, so get ready. She's coming. Nice, <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather you know play blocks and you know play house and dolls. You know, instead know. of going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually so happy she's coming with us this week. So that was sort of like. The more I was thinking about it too, because I, you know, as moms do, you get that like mom guilt. And I'm like, oh my God, like, am I doing some kind of like, you know, damage to her long term of me being gone once a week and in and out? Like, I don't want to confuse her or anything like that. So the more I thought about it, and I talked to a couple other friends that work in this industry that have kids and whatnot, and like bouncing ideas off of them. But it uh, the conclusion that I kind of came to is like, all right, if I'm only gone for 24 hours, it's more stress on her more stress on me if I were to bring her, fly her out. Then we've got to bring a nanny with us because she goes to the hotel. She goes to bed at seven. So she's got to be eaten by like six o'clock bath in bed. So it, it just was like feeling like that was more stressful than leaving her here for the day. But on like a pay-per-view week or anytime that we know that we are gone longer than that, she will come. So she is coming and so is my mom. So get ready. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm pumped. What, what advice would you give yourself 20 years ago that you Ooh. have learned these days? Who? that's a good one. Hmm. I think like, I don't know. I, when I think back to like 20 years ago to like me kind of like getting started as being like an independent adult was like being such a go-getter and being, being so ambitious. I would definitely like keep that, but I think like working on a little bit of patience, I think I can be like very impatient when it comes to myself specifically. I put so much pressure on myself to like, hurry up, get there, do something with yourself. Like I was like, not, not like unforgiving with myself in that space, but just like I definitely made myself work really, really hard. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think patience would probably be that. What about you? What would you tell yourself 20 years ago? I think it was to, I would truly believe it, give myself more grace and love, you know, and stop being so hard on myself. Because I think, you know, well, life with Eddie, you know, I had everything perfect. The girls had to be dressed a certain way backstage and, you know, Eddie had to be packed and buy his clothes a certain way. And it was just that regime of like being the perfect wife when I really didn't have to be. Yeah. But I think, yes. you know, maybe like, well, gosh, you know, 30 years ago, you know, you had all the, the wives that didn't have kids, you know, they came in their, their nice yes. outfits and uh -huh, their hair uh -huh. and nails were done. And I would come off the plane like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> really have to be here right now? Like, yeah. really? Like, just want to go and have a hot bath and yeah. give a shit about being backstage right yep. now you know and then you have the kids and it's a bad day and they're in a bad mood and you know and he's just giving me the eye like you know calm them down you know it was just uh i just i did put a lot of stress on myself when today you know like if say nora came back and she's just screaming bloody murder i'd be like hey come on nora let's go play you know what i mean <laughs> yeah it's just taking life more with grace you yeah. know today is today and it's whatever it is that's what it's going to be. And there's nothing I can control about it. Well, yeah. It's really like that pressure that we put on ourselves. And like, I'm still like that in terms of like, I want to like be the, the wife and the mom. And I also want to have my career. I want to have everything and I don't want to sacrifice any of those things. So yeah. sometimes your plate is just like overflowing and full and you're like, like I'm just hanging on by a thread right now. <laughs> like just calm down, take a breath, like just 
relax for a second because that pressure is not coming from anyone else. That pressure is not coming to me from John. That's not coming to me from Nora. That's something that's like entirely internal. Um, I did it all to myself. Yeah. Yeah, All for me because, you know, I mean, I think, you know, Eddie was worried about his job, you know, or doing whatever's going to happen that night, you know, you know, a day backstage was like maybe two o'clock in the afternoon, all the way through the late night. So you had to bring the toys and the coloring books and, you know, and the kids couldn't just go take a nap or whatever, if they were tired, you know, we sat in the stands, like, it was just a lot that, but I did that to myself, like, you know, what am I going to do for this or that, or, you know, thank God there was catering, like, hey, kids, grab a brownie, you know, I know, right? Honestly, today, mom. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Oh, it's so crazy. I know just like that pressure we put on ourselves and like, I'm still like that. Like I'll go to bed and I'm like, oh my God, okay, I'm done with the day. This is great. And as soon as I like sit in my bed, I'm like, oh, but you've got to do this. And what about this? And did Nora eat enough vegetables today? Does this need to happen? Did you book this thing? Like you're, it's so hard to like settle your brain. I, I, I feel like that is kind of specific to women. Um, I'm sure men go through their own thing as well, but I feel like we just feel the need to be like on top of everything. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I truly believe that. I have some fun questions for you so the fans can kind of get to know you on a personal basis. And right. uh, I think these are perfect for you because you're just so much fun. And I thought, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to give her some good <laughs> Okay. Okay. Name a gift you have received that was obnoxious. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I always come back to like, I don't know, like obnoxious, but like a gift that like irked me. So when John and I first started dating, it was like our first Christmas together. Um, and we came out to Cincinnati and he got me these, like, remember like the, the, um, the air mall thing that you could shop for on the planes. Uh They had these pajamas that were called like, I can't remember they're called, but these were like just ugly pajamas that like you're for sure not having sex with the person wearing these pajamas I opened them and I was like are we are we in a platonic relationship what are these pajamas like I was so horrified and it was so funny because like he had he had no idea he was just like I don't know and they look nice to me here you go and I was like so offended by these like frumpy dumpy pajamas you bought me are you saying that you don't want to touch me anymore or what does this mean (laughs) (laughs) Uh, cuddle that's what they were oh my god so funny what is your least favorite sport with you being from a sports you know broadcasting background what's the one sport you're just like turning the channel baseball sorry America I'm not a baseball person I know I just am not I'm not and I've tried I enjoy it like I would go to a game because I can have a hot dog and a beer and like I'll go anywhere for that um but yeah I would probably say baseball Gosh, I, my, my team just won the World Series, so I... Oh, well, yes, of course. Well, yeah. congratulations. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Name two of your biggest pet peeves. Oh, my two big pet peeves. Definitely rude people. I feel like that's probably like a common one. I just like, I have no time for people that are like really shitty to other people. Like, where the hell do you get off? I, I never understand that. That's one... And the second one is probably the people that crowd around the carousel at the airport to get their luggage back up, back up a foot, back up two feet. And we can all just see when the luggage comes out, you're going to have time to grab it. It's fine. Those are probably my two. 
you know, especially talking about travel, like the people that, that sit in the back of the plane and they try and rush up to the front. Oh my and God. And the etiquette to wait for row by row to empty as it moves it's to the crazy. back. It's crazy. Animals. Yeah. I know. It's I, nuts. I just want to lose my shin the airport and I'm like, I haven't even started work yet. <laughs> no, honestly, by the time you get to work, you're so frazzled from like the way people are at the airport. And it really is like the airport's such a funny spot because it like really kind of highlights who you are as a person. If you're going to be shitty to someone, you're going to do it at the airport. If you're going to be one of those people that gets up and like tries to rush off the plane, like that's going to be highlighted during that time. If you want to like know if you can do like a long-term relationship with somebody, go on a little trip with them, see what happens. <laughs> what is the most unusual object you have in your luggage today? Oh, um, Hmm. Unusual object in my luggage. What would that be? I've really like, I'm quite proud of myself right now because it's so finely tuned right now. Cause I'm only gone for a second. Um, but probably stuff that gets left over from my daughters, like having like baby slippers in my luggage. Those don't need to be in there. She's not with me, but they're there. It's a nice, reminder. It's a nice little reminder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Name a weird habit you do each day. Hmm. Is eating too much chips one of those? Because I should probably stop doing that. I, I wouldn't consider that weird because I'd be right there with you. <laughs> I can't stop myself. Um, a weird habit that I do every day. Um, I still play Wordle. Do people play Wordle anymore? I still like oh. playing Wordle. Yeah. I stopped I like it. That's it. pretty cool though. I just like to test myself a little bit, keep my brain sharp. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> Renee, I just think the world of you and you are just, I'm just, I feel so um, honored that I can have you on my show and watching you today and back even 10 years ago, you were just so impressive and you know your shit and it's always, I can, I just look forward to the next time that we can work together with the mic and I'm so happy for you, John and Nora, and I can't wait to uh, spend many days with you and uh, see what adventures we come up with. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. On, you know, what's funny after you did my podcast the other day, I was thinking about, remember that time when we had like, a, we drank like pounds and pounds of Pims when we were in London. Do you remember oh, that? I thought about that too. I remember that. That we was so drank so much Pims. Oh my God. we had God, a show that, that night, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yes. We are. We're oh so my total pros. Um, I love and adore you. I'm so happy to be on your podcast. I'm so happy that we get to be like reunited at work in the real world. And yeah, I know that we'll be able to do many more moments on camera together. You're the best. Thank you, Renee. And I'm um, just, I uh, have a great day and I appreciate you right back at you. All right. Bye, sweetie. Bye. Thank Perfect. you so much. Yeah, of course. Oh of my course. gosh, you're such a delight. And you're so, this is like one of the easiest one interviews I've had to do. <laughs> it's so hard to do an interview and you're pulling people. Oh to my God, I know. Like, Dude, did you want to do this at all? Like, can, I, I, I mean, know. I really just be such a nightmare. <laughs> I hate when it's like that. When you're like, oh my God. Give me a little personality, something to work with. Help me. Yeah. Um, I recorded my audio on my side just in case you needed it. Do you? Oh, you thank me? you. I hate technology. Like I cannot stand the bugs or something that comes up with technology. So I, if I need it, I will, I will okay. find you. Great. Wednesday. You let me know. <laughs> and, um, if you need help with Nora, 
gosh, the girl, I would love to, you know, the locker room would be awesome to help you out. I mean, Thank we, you. That actually, when you, you said that to me when we were in Toronto and it like really meant a lot. Cause I know like when you're on the road with a kid, you always feel like you're like kind of burdening everybody or like it's just so much to juggle. So you even just saying that, thank you. It's I a lot. Yeah, it. of course. Yeah. So, um, have a great day you and, too. Uh, uh, just, I'll see you soon. I'll see you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.